inhaling frequencies are open. Welcome, welcome to the Infinite Potato Alliance. Welcome to That Star Trek Podcast. Are you out of your mind? Watch and learn. This is going to be awesome. This is your place for detailed analysis and speculation of all things Trek. You are stopping to the core. I can smell it on you. Join us as we dive into the newest content coming available, as well as retrospectives of the past series and films. Do we need a mutiny today to prove who we are? Now, on with the show. We've only just begun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to that Star Trek podcast, your place for a detailed analysis and speculation of all things Trek. My name is Sean Ray, and this is the only podcast that has been described as a brown giant tethered to a black hole. Joining me tonight in the historic Infinite Potato Studios, we have Scott. How's it going, sir? Uh, I was just happy that I could uh, make it here because I've been busy trying to secure my uh, new web domain, Bornhub. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Jen is here as well. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. I'd still like to see how they got that torpedo to, to, to anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And Rick is here as well. How are you, sir? Not fond of teams. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm in Starfleet on a ship. <laughs> Tonight, we will be discussing Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Season 1, Episode 4, which was titled Memento Mori, written by Davy Perez and Bo DeMaio directed by Dan Liu. And of course, the original air date was May 26, 2022. Pike must find unconventional Starfleet methods to deal with a malevolent force that attacks the Enterprise. All right. What are our overall impressions of this episode? Scott, what'd you think of this one? Um, I, I always enjoyed uh, the Next Generation episode, Disaster. It was really, really good. Oh, wait, sorry. I got confused for a second. Strange New Worlds. It did have, I mean, it had, it had this and that from a lot of different episodes, but yeah, Mm -hmm. there was that. (laughs) Um, uh, Overall, I enjoyed it. I liked the, um, once again, another smart take on, uh, on tense, skillful starship combat, uh, uh, taking on a, a very submarine battle uh angle similar to wrath of khan similar to balance of terror and not just a a big shoot 'em up like like we're able to do with modern special effects um some of the uh side stories and b plots i was less engaged by i i like hammer i like uhura i like what they're doing with the characters i did not feel terribly invested in their particular storyline because uh And I don't know if this is a result of the series itself or this particular episode or the character uh, characters involved, but there were zero stakes in that particular uh, in that particular storyline. Well, Well, we know that at least one of them is not going to die. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking about this as I was watching the episode, you know, um, 
there are certain characters on this show that have plot armor. Yeah. <laughs> Uhura's not going to die. Spock's not going to die. Chapel's not going to die. <laughs> Pike, no, Pike knows he's not going to die. He's seen his future, mm-hmm. you know. But um, but the thing is, with a sh- when you're doing a show that's a prequel to something that's come before, you just have to pretend. Like, we know they're not going to die, but we have to pretend like they might. Or else you're really going to be limited on your stories. They're not going to write a story where Hoover is going to die. It's never going to happen. But we just... I feel like we just have to set aside the fact that we know that she's not going to die or else we're always going to be thinking, well, I know what's going to happen here. She's not going to, you know, and I I agree with you to an extent, but I think that, uh, you know, it was like, I was complaining about desperate hours, the, the, the David Mack book, the, the first discovery novel. And he just leaned so hard into our Spock and number one, going to get out of this alien ship alive. And like, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and this is tedious as hell because we know they're not in any mortal danger. Um, you know, there, there's, there's, you know, accepting. Yeah, you know, okay, we know that these characters can't die, but they still have to put them in peril. Otherwise, you know, where's the, you know, where's the, the, the tension? Yeah. But there's a, there's a fine line between, you know, using a little bit of spice and dumping the whole damn bottle into the pot. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just the knowing that they're not at least one person likely both are not going to die they're not it's too early in the season to kill hammer if he's going to be a one season character he's not going to go until the end they're not yeah. going to put him in for two episodes and be done yeah. so you know they're both going to make it out of there but it's it's not just their uh, survivability it was once they got trapped in there and there's a component of the ship that's overheating and that's causing trouble from that moment you know exactly what's going to happen throughout the rest of the, of the episode. They're going to mm-hmm. work on it. They're going to make some progress. Okay, we got it. Beep, beep. Nope, we don't got it. Now we're in even worse trouble. <laughs> work, work. Now we fixed it. It's Chekhov's gun, basically. You, and it. You yeah. know every beat. Every beat of that yeah. particular subplot from when it starts until the end of the episode. It's, I think, perhaps one of the one of the pitfalls of returning to the episodic format is there are some some formula constructs that you cannot avoid there will be plot lines there will be sequences where you know exactly what's going to happen because there's only so many ways it can go and we've seen all of them hundreds of times in our tv viewing life there are certain aspects that are going to be difficult to keep interesting because we've seen all the different permutations. Now, taking that into account, I still enjoyed the episode for the most part. It once again, uh, uh, cementing Pike in my top three favorite captains already because Anson Mount is doing such an amazing job. And this is another example. So I, I'll, I'll give him uh, MVP for the episode, which I'll probably do all season. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just cope with the fact that there were aspects of the episode that I didn't love, and that's going to happen in this particular structure that they're giving the series. Hmm. Jim, what about you? What do you think? Uh, for the most part, I enjoyed it. Again, I, I uh, when I was watching it, I because I had to get my husband to catch up. He hadn't seen the last two episodes, so I went here. 
here's my login. Go watch it. So he caught up and he went, it's a sub, it's basically a submarine plot. I'm like, yep. <laughs> exactly what I thought. So yes. Um, the only real major complaints I have are Leon being Leon. And uh, I don't know. You guys may know more than I do. When did the Gorns start to have clicking sounds? That's new, I believe. We wait. wait. Because I, 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 I remember the kissing seen... noise and, and all that, but they never had clicking sounds before. Well, we've never seen more than one Gorn in one place either. Well, yeah, some people are like, oh, it's maybe it's for communication. I'm like that. I... It, it might and, be and how many animals make only other. one kind of noise? I mean, uh, I... it's not. It's not been. If they're trying to, if they're trying before. to, to kind of. I don't. I don't want to say retcon because the the, the the Gorn have always struck me as like being walking alligators or something like that. But if they're trying to retcon it to make them more of a dinosaur type species, then the clicking makes sense because in Jurassic Park, which and you know as historically accurate as that might be, but <laughs> you know there are dinosaurs that that did the clicking and stuff like that, but. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, beyond that, I, it was. It well, was and, eh. and think of it this way: if an alien species was using humans as their boogeyman, and we were the only, we were in one episode of their, you know, slime trek, the next generation or whatever, and then the the next series used a bunch of bush people from Kenya, and suddenly their language has all kinds of different noises that we don't. Would you go? Oh, come on now! Uh, <laughs> I just, I just, yeah. I know. I just found it weird to suddenly I don't, they went from I don't kissing remember. to clicking. Like, okay. I don't I remember think Rick, the Rick episode of Enterprise point. that they were on, so I don't. That remember. was uh, through a mirror darkly, uh, part two, or okay. not? Not through in in a mirror yeah. darkly. Part and that, two. But, that was mirror universe. Yeah, one one mirror universe Gorn on its own on the uh, Constitution class yeah. Defiant. Okay, so we we've seen. The Gorn is one of those incredibly uh, recognizable aliens in Star Trek, uh, which is surprising since we've, as Rick said, we've only seen them twice. We saw them in Arena and TOS and yep. in Amir Darkly in mm -hmm. Enterprise. One Gorn per episode, and that's all we've seen of them ever, unless you count Star Trek Online, in which case they look like the type of species that would make clicking sounds. That's it's just true, how true. it is. So uh, oh, yeah. it, it really boils down to it feels like we know the Gorn so well because Arena is such an iconic episode of TOS and we saw one on Enterprise, but we really know next to nothing about the Gorn, especially in canon. So mm -hmm. they do have a lot of room to just make up whatever they want and flesh out the Gorn. It just feels like we know everything there is to know because yeah. they've been around for so long. Yeah, and I actually did like that they used Morse code to communicate with each other, or their version of Morse code to communicate. I was fine with that. Oh, with, with the lights? That was clever. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But um, beyond that, I mean, I liked the whole, like, it was a, they were just waiting it out in this dangerous environment and so forth and so on. And like a submarine battle, for the most part. And Anson Mount would... I would agree he was really good in this episode, but I, I also got to say Chapel is becoming one of my absolute favorite characters. Her bedside manner, non-existent as it is, is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, something climbing out of your... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's definitely becoming one of my favorite characters. Because I'm she's also so impressed with her ability to sew up 
sucking chest wounds and not get a <clears> drop <throat> of blood on her pure white uniform. Was that him or was yeah. that uh, was that in Bob? I I thought well, they were all was... they, they they were all doing. None of them had any blood on them, even though people were bleeding all over. Them. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it it was um uh, Christine and Mbenga that were uh, they they were working together on the mm-hmm. on the stitching. That's so. what I thought. Okay, but either way, I mean, I think she's she's brilliant. I just just what's her name? Jess. Uh, Jess Bush. Jess Bush. Thank you. Uh, she's really good in the role. I love her. Uh, and um i'm wanting to see more of her and i actually liked the ohura himmer interaction um yeah it was kind of contrived and yes i knew from the various that that, that happened like oh yeah they're gonna get away using the yeah but uh... <laughs> the, the interactions the interactions were great mm-hmm. their 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 story their subplot the situation they were in that's what fell flat their interactions though were great because the the writers are are definitely <clears throat> excuse me the writers are scoring big on the character interactions uh, mm-hmm. throughout the season i like how the the people are talking to themselves yeah and ortegas is also Each becoming other. one of my favorite characters all her quips are amazing like okay let's go <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's awesome uh so they they've got really good cast for the show i love their interactions with each other the most uh the only one that i really still complain about is leon because she's just like i'm gonna be stoic and i'm a i have ptsd and everybody's gonna know about it and uh, like, yeah she's the balana of the series yeah pretty much yeah i was like okay we get it <laughs> Well, I mean, in in the situation of this episode, it was called for because, I mean, if you're well, she's it, a major it, it plot was, point, but I, yeah, yeah, she she was, and I if agree you watch the Gorn kill your entire uh, everybody on your ship, you know, then when the Gorn yeah, come to come to it, visit, yes, you're gonna, it makes sense. Yeah, that that makes sense. Unfortunately, she's been like this the entire season so far, which means it's tired by now. It's getting we're already getting... we're already over her her attitude and personality and and now we get an episode where it fits and she has a reason to be that way but everyone watching is like yeah she's acting the same as she does every episode why well, is this I'm not really is she any player, worse than first right? season Kira I mean I, I hopefully after this she'll mellow a bit well even Roe well, eventually warmed up to people I mean Roe was kind of the same way when she was first introduced you know Ro yeah, but, but she was only in a handful of episodes yeah she so was only in like what Rick has a very good point like no but they pretty much similar well I mean that <laughs> Kira's role was supposed to be Roe uh, initially but uh, mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. Michelle Forbes didn't want to do it so yeah. we, mm-hmm. we ended up with with Kira um and it you know it, it took them you know a good three quarters of a season to, to figure out you know, to how, to have how her to, doing how something other her? than just knee jerk negating anything Cisco said. Yeah, it was it was more like a season and a half, but yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> All right, Chris is here. How's it going, Chris? Going well. Can you guys hear me? My mic didn't sound like it was on. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. you. yep. you're, you're here. Okay, now. Rick, Good. what did you think of the episode? Overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, I agree with a lot of what uh, what y'all said already. Um, I enjoyed, I mean, you know, the, 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 the cargo bay with shuttle pod one or uh, enemy mine, whatever the, the TNG one with Jordy and the Romulan, you know, it's the two people that don't get along, put them in a, in, in dire straits, and then they're going to be drinking buddies after it's over. I was, I was cool with it up until the, 
I, I had a few technical issues with this show, <laughs> with this particular <laughs> episode. Um, some of them, even I'll admit, are nitpicky. A couple of them are like, okay, vent the hold. That's groovy. Explosive decompression, boom. But you don't have a goddamn hurricane constantly blowing everything out to the point where a deck plate rips out of the floor. Yeah, um, it goes poof and you're done. And then you're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But I've been bitching about that in science fiction movies and TV shows for years. So yeah. I know I'm, I'm never going to win that one. Um, but overall, I loved it. I, I, I have found Leon to be, Leon to be annoying as well. And I really hope that this is the beginning of her mellowing. Um, I like the actress. I think she's, she does a fine job. I don't, I don't have a problem with her performance. One, you know, one thing I keep hearing and I don't understand other than from the staff, I, you know, I get it in a, the actors are similar, but a lot of people are like, I had to look this up and I found out that wasn't Kara G or Kara G. I don't know if it's G or G, the, the woman who plays drummer in The Expanse. And I'm like, okay, they don't look anything alike. No, they don't. <laughs> They're similar in build and that's about it. Well, you thought Bashir year was in Picard, but. And I wasn't the only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, the, only, the only performance thing I had an issue with was when at the very end, when they had the unnecessary oh my god they're not answering from the cargo bay and then they went we're here and everybody went oh thank christ and that one <laughs> dude at the other panel went <laughs> what the hell was that he, he that's the know. best take you got he out? was excited just <laughs> you know yeah. pipe so his, you know sagged and 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 uh and and ortegas was like yeah by the way i'm calling ortegas hudson from now on oh, okay uh, nice. fair enough <laughs> So yeah, the the guy at whatever station he was at, who was super excited, they got back on the comms. That was a bad take, but that entire sequence was more than than saved by Pike's reaction. Yeah, he nailed it. Not only did he did he put across the emotion he was trying to put across, but to see uh, a Starfleet captain that openly relieved and shaken at how close he came to losing crew members and so being so relieved to realize that they were still alive that's something that most captains just for whatever reason in the performances the direction whatever wouldn't show but is putting that on the outside that's the thing that i got from watching this is that um pike okay so pike has seen his future Mm -hmm. He knows what's going to happen to him in 10 years time or whatever. And he kept saying, you know, they kept saying, well, if we go any deeper into this brown, into this uh, uh, brown giant, brown dwarf. That, yeah, that it's uh, the, the enterprise is going to fall apart. No, the enterprise will hold, you know, the enterprise will hold. He knows he's going to survive. But the thing is, he doesn't know who else is going to survive. And that would that's been the thing of his ever since the original cage. He didn't want to be right. captain anymore because he's tired of deciding who lives and who dies, you know, yeah, he's right. tired of being responsible for everyone else's life. And you know, so he's at he's, that point where I know I'm going to live. I know the ship is going to make it, but I don't know how many people I'm going to lose, you know? So. Yeah. Well, props to Anson Mount in particular, every time that they were saying, Oh yeah, this crew member died, his facial expressions just were subtle enough that you could see that he was upset about each crew member that, that didn't make it. Yeah. And it was, he, 
it was beautiful. He I, is I treating his the... crew like like not treating them like children, like they're like they're youngsters, but but uh, taking a a custodial parental uh, uh, stance over his crew, like they are like they're uh, in his charge. He's doing that more than we see most captains do, and I yeah. I like that humanizing aspect a, a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, I agree. Well, I love the talk between him and uh, and Laan, where you know she gives that speech. And how many we how many people do we know that use the excuse, "I'm blunt, I tell it like it is" to be an asshole? Mm-hmm. And he just like, yeah. "All right, fine, but you're also in a position of command, and you've got to boost morale. So suck yeah. it up and stop being such a downer." Yeah, yeah. he should have more polite than that. But yeah, <laughs> Chris, what'd you think of the episode? I enjoyed this one much more than I enjoyed last week's episode. I think it was one of the stronger ones of uh, Strange New World so far. I really loved the cat and mouse, Mutara Nebula aspect of it. And um, seeing the Gorn ships was pretty cool. Um, I'm going to agree with, I guess, some of the criticism. I'm a little late to the party, but of Laan always looking like she swallowed a lemon or is just (laughs) perpetually got a wedgie. And it's just like, can we please... uh, to me, that's sort of a cheap trick with a character because it gives them nowhere to go but up. So now mm-hmm. I have to watch her be less of a dick as the season goes on. Well, that's not the kind of arc I'm looking for. Um, I love the fact that what you guys are talking about, where Pike shows the emotion uh, of the, oh my God, that worked. But if you notice, he was facing the screen and he let that wash across his face and then he turned around and he was all business. Mm-hmm. So we got to see it, but the crew didn't get to see it. Which, which which I'm fine with. I mm-hmm. I'm I'm selfish in that way. I don't need the crew to know how much he cares right. about them. They they can go to hell. They'll they, they'll figure it out themselves. I want to know how much he cares. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I, I guess the the biggest distinction between Mount's Pike and um, Jeffrey Hunter's Pike is that it's it's that whole dad vibe. He he's the cool dad instead of just the captain. I I frankly don't like that. Like, I like the fact that Pike was a little bit aloof. He always had sort of that stern look on his face. I mean, I think that's what a real military commander under a lot of pressure would be like with his crew. Um, but they're just leaning into Anson Mount. It, it, that's his strength. I mean, he's just a big, giant ball of charm and charisma. <laughs> so let's just run with it. That's why everybody loved this reinterpretation of the character. So yeah. that's my that's my trick nitpick. There I'm was, still really enjoying what he's bringing to it. There was one thing that happened that I enjoyed um, when um, Ortegas... I can't remember exactly what had happened, but uh, they they had to sit quiet. Pike basically told everybody to just be quiet and be still. And uh, Ortegas finally says, I'm preparing for battle, you know. And he turns around and he he looks at Laon and is like, would you shut her the hell up? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, that, that was I don't want to be the captain that has to tell everybody to shut up. That's your job. You tell them to shut up. <laughs> that, that was when the when the, the Gorn ship was coming. You know, it was the great like alien kind of, you know, the the the, the trackers from aliens. But yeah. You know, yeah, where yeah. It was coming in and we knew it was going to go right by. Uh, but yeah, but uh, Ortegas was freaking out. And that, yeah, that was that was great. You shut her the <laughs> simulation over, man. Simulation over. John, do you like this episode? Uh, yeah. John's here, uh, by the way. 
I've been here for the last 45 minutes. I just didn't want to say anything. <laughs> uh, no, I, I liked it. I actually, I like last week's episode better. Uh, that's probably my favorite one so far. Um, but this one was, this one was good. I, I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's almost, I don't know if you guys have already talked about this, but it's almost an impossible task to have a new Star Trek show that's set in old Star Trek times for don't take this the wrong way. People like you, <laughs> no. no, you're right. Who, who, know, who knows every episode inside and out? So anything that happens, you're gonna see it coming. Mm. And it's not like I don't necessarily see things coming, but you know, you can cite chapter and verse. Well, this is just like when Captain So and So did it. So and So on the what what? Like, okay, maybe. But like, what else they gonna do? Yeah, like, you yeah. Know, there, there's only so much terrain they have in a sci-fi show especially when it's already set in the same universe like yes they're going to do the thing that that other thing did or it's going <laughs> to it's kind of similar like they can't help it like it's you know and I, i'm not saying that as a criticism uh i'm just saying it's kind of an unfortunate set of circumstances for you guys <laughs> I, oh, I i feel like a lot of times i and Chris, uh, yes, you get an exemption. I know you just don't like it because you don't like it, doesn't it? <laughs> That's fine. I was actually going to augment uh, the point that you were making, but please, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I, I, I feel kind of bad. And I think I was listening to either the last episode or the one before, Ghost of Illyria, I think. And, you know, everything that happened was like, yeah, it's just like, I'm like, well, I, like I'm sorry that this is gonna sound more condescending than I meaning, but I'm sorry that you can't enjoy it just as on its own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and again, I'm not I'm not trying to sound like an ass, but like I'm I really am like because that like that will be the worst situation for me. Like you guys know I don't watch the trailers because I don't want to you know see ahead, mm -hmm. but you kind of can't help but see ahead. So I you know mm -hmm. yeah you have my sympathies. <laughs> but, but part of it is the fact that uh, even though it's a new show, it is. Uh, it is a uh, 45 minute, roughly an hour long episode of a sci-fi action drama that's not exactly new. So sure. trying to come up with original plots is hard enough. You're dealing with characters that we know are going to survive for decades beyond the stories that they're telling. That makes it even more difficult. And yes, meow. And um, <laughs> you know, we got some folks out here that are uh, incredibly deeply familiar with the hundreds of hours that have already been spent in this universe. So nothing's going to surprise us. And what we want more than anything else is for Star Trek to like really knock our socks off with something surprising. That's but also, yeah, I, don't, I don't need surprises. I just need a well-told story. And for the most oh, part, damn it. <laughs> I, 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 we got that. I just thought they, they really overdid it in the cargo bay especially with the 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 deck plate pulling out and then her having to grab his hand and it was just like yeah oh i wonder if the deck plate's are we hold. running short is this the deal i was i was fine with it because it all the stuff that you see is like super cheesy that's kind of how i see all of the original stuff <laughs> so to me it was you know it's like watching stranger things like i know this i know this uh we, we talked before that this kind of um, that kind of sense of nostalgia doesn't really hit you, uh, Rick, because of those '80s horror movies weren't your thing, or or you know cheesy shows. But anything that they do that's cheesy, 
Like, yep, that's how it was. Like, they still don't they don't lose any points for that. Mm-hmm. But I also want to go back to the point where Chris was agreeing with me. Well, to, just just to um, to to add to your point about us being dyed in the wool, like we've seen so much Trek that it kind of ruins anything set before and even anything after. But uh, I agree with you in the sense that, like, if you're too deep into any type of fandom, you're inevitably going to come up against that. I have um, one of my best friends, Howard, who does the science fiction radio show, Destinies. Um, He has been a comic book fan since he could read. And he has like a really good memory of like, it's got to be at this point, like 100,000 comic books that he's probably read over the last 40 years or 50 years. Anytime we go see a film or we talk about this plot turn, he said, well, they did that in Avengers, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I want to say episode, but issue issue 113, 1976. And I'm thinking, so so therefore to him, it's not original. It's a cheap knockoff. And I say to him, are you out of your mind? Do you think the writers even know about that issue of Avengers? Like just because it's in, in your head doesn't mean that they were just ripping it off. And I feel like that's that's a danger that we all face if we become too super fan to get to the point where you say, well, this is just a rehash of this and this and this. And this episode was a rehash of several different Trek things that I've seen, but it was it was a good rehash. Um, I think that uh, I have separate issues with Ghost of Valyria that, John, you weren't on the show last week. I wasn't on the show last week. If you want to go into a tangent at the end of this episode, we can do as if we were on that episode and <laughs> do our Ghost of Illyria <laughs> review. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with your point. Just like You have to sort of pick your head up and get out of the weeds sometimes and just go for the ride. Do you think that um, they made a point of injuring Una's so badly in this episode may i mean i know that they they needed to take her out of the action so that laon could take over as number one for this episode but do you think that they might have done that to reiterate that you know i know what we said last week but she's not a superhero you know she's not she's not as super powered as as uh as we may have come across last week you know she can she can die you know uh, I kind of got the feeling well, that they that they made the her Miles O'Brien of this series. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you mean her rank's going to change every series? Is what you're no, saying? No, she's just going to get her ass kicked every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about it, Sean, but I can totally see that. Actually, while you're I, while you're on that tangent, what happened to to Kirk? He's disappeared. To who? Sam, Sam Kirk. Oh, oh, Sam Kirk. <laughs> The, the joke is done. Here. The joke has run its course. But also, he's a xenobiologist. Like, what? What is he? What? what purpose yeah, he's in he the he's in, in the science department looking at exactly some, uh, looking at some cultures or something. Yeah, I, like I don't know. He's, like, he just he's, like wasn't there. He's, he's down he, there. He's down there researching the Gorn. And Pike's like, he got anything? He's like, nope. nope. Okay, <laughs> I'll take right. another half hour. He's <laughs> putting he's, he's, he's putting grease on his mustache. <laughs> He was Can a I say some good appearance. stuff about about the visuals before I crap on some things later? Uh oh. Okay. Um, Go ahead. I love this enterprise. Uh, I you know I know Chris you don't. <laughs> I think this enterprise is gorgeous even when she's beat to shit at the end. I think it's still a beautiful ship. I I like the changes. I like the little differences. Um, 
I like, I can totally buy the outboard design as a precursor to my enterprise. Did you like that at least the torpedoes came out of where they're supposed to come out of? Indeed, I did. <laughs> right? I yes. very much like that. Um, I, like, love that there's gum, yeah. I love that there's gumdrop buttons on the bridge. I love yes. this box scanner, the, the moire pattern Ooh. and the, the, the thing are there. <laughs> um, so yeah, th- th- and, and we're, we're hearing a lot of TOS sound effects mixed in with, with a lot of the others. Uh, I don't understand why every time Pike walks onto the bridge, we hear the bosun's whistle. I haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> um, maybe, well, maybe... in, in, in the same way that Captain Jellicoe wanted Data to announce Captain on the bridge every time he walked on, perhaps that's one of Pike's things. He just wants the whistle to go off just so everyone knows that the guy who got off the turbo lift is the boss. Right. <laughs> Look bizarre. <laughs> However, that being said, and I'll even I will grant you this is this is a, a, a picky nit. But when Ortega says when Pike is like, how, how, how are we for impulse? And Ortega says, our port nacelle has been messed up. So we can I can only give you a three quarter impulse. The nacelles aren't part of the impulse bit engines. That's what those red things are on the back of the primary hull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you about, Rick, and did this drive you a little bit nuts when the way that they launched that torpedo? Uh, we're not going to launch it. We're going to go into a 90 degree angle and drop it on them. There's no oh gravity in space. But they're, well, they, were in a, they weren't in space. They were basically in the atmosphere of a, of a large, cold Jupiter. Yeah, they, they called it. They yeah. called it out. They said techno babble something something will make it will make it fall or you know all right i just yeah it was really falling towards the it was they were falling it was falling towards the core of the star yeah they put they put the enemy ship between them and the gas giant yeah see a a brown dwarf is basically a star that never got big enough to ignite so it's like Mm -hmm. just barely a planet it's like if it's like you know jupiter but a lot bigger because jupiter is you know if jupiter was was massive enough it would ignite and become a star that's kind of you know brown dwarves are failed stars stars that didn't ignite yeah and so it's a really freaking huge gas giant and so there's a lot of gravity there um so i I didn't have a problem with that i had a problem with it hitting (laughs) um and then the the other thing but the the one bit of science that really bugged me well while while we're on that torpedo i wanted to mention that uh I had a problem with them dropping the torpedo and showing the torpedo come out and then just went, yep, it hit. <laughs> we destroyed that ship and we saw there was nothing. an explosion. No, we, there was a little explosion. No, we didn't see, we didn't see anything. anything. I saw, I, thought, I could have sworn I saw it. Okay. No, that's the Mandela effect. We saw nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I'm with you on that. Like they, they could have. Which I know, I know there's a budget the for special effects and everything, but if you're going to say, oh, we're going to drop this torpedo to see if it happens, and then there's no payoff at all, you know, except Although that I, they I, said, oh, we destroyed the ship. I liked how it was like, Captain, we've got a problem. Being the away team up. They're, They're here. Up. here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also surprising. Not, not that it doesn't work. It's just not what you expect. We always see them come back. That's just, that's just how Or and, something and, goes wrong and they can't. And the poor dog. Takes they just left the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that poor dog just got left behind. Oh, the t- forgot about the dog. Yeah. Locked, the dog. Up in that, locked, locked up in that building all by itself. But my, my biggest scientific gripe with this episode, and I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have bothered me, except they went out of their way to say it was pike was like spock explain gravitational redshift and then 
that's not how black holes work. <laughs> it has nothing to do with redshift. It has to do with relativity. It has to do with, I mean, what he described is right. If you watched something from the outside, from beyond the, the, the event horizon of a black hole, if you watch something falling into it, it would appear to go slower and slower and slower until from your perspective, it would stop. You would never see an object cross the event horizon of a black hole. Has nothing to do with redshift. Has to do with gravi- with gravitational time distortion. Mm, it's relativity. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I don't understand why they took the right concept but gave it a wrong name. That just yeah. that didn't. I, I didn't get that. I've heard. I mean, and I, I took a I took an astronomy class um, in uh, in college, and I remember talking about that, mm-hmm. but I didn't remember it being called redshift. And but you it know, isn't. I was just like, well, I, I don't. I'm not remembering it right. <laughs> you know. It's time dilation. It's <laughs> it's why GPS satellites run a little bit faster than on in space than they do on Earth. Surely Spock wouldn't more. lie to me, but yeah. Um, <laughs> what about the fact that uh Spock uh had a uh, mind melt with uh Laon in a time that Spock says that he's never mind melded with a human before. In TOS, he said he had never mind melded with a human before. Did he? Yeah. You sure? Yes. Let's see. It, the first mind notes. meld was in Dagger of the Mind, or uh, yeah, Dagger of the Mind, yeah, with Doctor Lester. No, with yeah. Van Gelder. Which, Van Gelder. Van Gelder. Yeah. Van Gelder which, came, which came much later than this. Let's Mia see. Culpa. <laughs> Get your yeah, name straight. Yeah, this is free TOS. So. Oh, he can't can say it. Why should I? This is the thing. Oh, okay. I, I, they've admitted this, this, is with... this is happening right now. Okay, they've admitted. Uh, they've admitted that they're kind of loose with some of the canon where they seep it. So. Yeah, I can't <laughs> I find it in my notes now. But yeah, the, in the original series, <clears throat> he he actually specifically says, "I never mind melded with a human before," but here he is doing it now. I'd have, to, I'd have to go back well, and check on that. I don't think it was a full fledged mind meld. It wasn't a, it wasn't a total my mind to your mind. It was it was a kind of a dusting. It was a scraping <laughs> of the surface. Yeah, but conversely, maybe. I mean, sorry, Rick. Uh, they they actually showed that the mind meld does go both ways because yeah. she started to see some of his shit. And... I did like that she heard Michael's voice. She heard Michael yeah. Burnham's voice mm-hmm. in that uh, mind meld. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking maybe Lon isn't a human. Maybe she's just a walking Gorn egg sack that's fooling everybody. <laughs> I don't... Oh, are we going to have an Aliens episode? Oh, God. Probably. <laughs> now, th- this is something that you guys might have discussed in a previous episode that I wasn't here for. Um, has there been any discussion about whether or not Laon is, in fact, an augment or not? Because I'm not entirely sure. It's no, a... she's... She's a descendant. She's a descendant of Kong Kong was an augment. And so she has that mm-hmm. in her DNA, but I don't think You're she specifically right. was engineered. In 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 Dagger of the Mind, they're talking about uh, Van Gelder says he he needs a mind meld to release his, his memories, and McCoy says Spock, if there's the slightest possibility, it might help. And Spock says, I've never used it on a human doctor. Mm-hmm. You're right. Maybe it's because at some point in the future, Laon La- is going to have to go to the 32nd century and they're going to have to convince Starfleet to wipe <laughs> all the records of Laon Noonien Singh, which is why they'd never heard of Khan. Well, she, you know, she, she, does, she does know the, uh, the cursed secret now, you know, and, the, and we, we talked about this in the first episode when April found out 
it's only a secret unless you ask about it. <laughs> but oh, she it got it. She got it from a mind melt. So. <laughs> All right. Oh, she got it in the turbo lift. Well, Number one, she, she's not did she get the whole story, or does she just know? Well, she just knows that he has. He had a sister, and something a, happened to her. Right. He, yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't know the. And then he was like, yeah, "I think we need to stop he this." A, he had a sister that he lost. <laughs> yeah. He, he had a sister, and now he doesn't have a sister. That's all she knows. At least that's all I interpreted. But yeah, they've also like like Jen was saying, they've been kind of playing a little fast and loose with some of the TOS canon because in Amok Time, it was heavily implied, if not specifically said, that that Spock and T'Pring hadn't seen each other since they were like five years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And now they're yeah. <laughs> it's it's so much better to see like super hot, sexy Vulcan times. I mean, that I'm was not, one I'm of the most intriguing. That That's what I'm still saying. I'm still saying Ethan Peck's workout routine. Well, they're gonna see they're gonna see each other again next week, and they're yeah. gonna swap. Yeah, yeah, they're for... gonna swap brazier of whatever's going. On. I don't know. <laughs> John's got a look on his face like what? What? <laughs> <laughs> This is what next happens you when know, you don't watch the previews, man. Next episode, <laughs> next episode not, uh, fine. is <laughs> a uh, is a comedy. It, it has been described as a comedy episode, and it's going to be Spock and T'Pring swap bodies. Yeah, they, they have to do a swap bodies episode in every sci-fi flick. It's, it's like required now. <laughs> and I, and I want to know if Pike's middle name is Frizzle, because when he was like, "Be vigilant, get creative, get messy." <laughs> <laughs> Magic school bus, Chris. It's a uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Uh-huh. I feel I like John the, suddenly. The blank look. Or, or Snoop Dogg. Frizzle my this Sorry. No. Hey, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the shot of the Gorn ship just like crumpling like a piece of paper. Oh, that was freaking sweet. Was that was cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. So I love the, Gorn... the space. The battles were fantastic in this mm. episode. Yeah. Was that was that Gorn ship design extrapolated from the one that they invented for the TOS remaster? Because if I recall, they had a, a very like a very small image of a Gorn ship, very off, you know, on, on the screen where there was never an image before. It was one of the things that they added. I'll have to hang on. Let me check mm. that. I don't know. Because um, I haven't watched all the remasters. So. I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> John would know. Uh, He's the authority. Moving on. Well, because <laughs> there haven't been, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, there haven't been like, a ton of references to the Gorn, right? I mean, they show up. There shouldn't be any at all, technically, but. Yeah, actually, think, no, was, not at all. Not no? really. Okay. Hmm. Well, I mean, in all of Star Trek. Did anybody like, think when, not, they, when not, they said, uh, when, not like Pike, the when Pike said the word uh, slingshot? Did anybody I was think, expecting oh, to go oh, through time. Yeah. Oh god! Yeah, I thought go that there was going to be they were going to find uh, John John William Christopher. Or <laughs> no, we're going to go back in time to the beginning of the episode, and we're going to stop this before it ever starts, or something like that. You know? <laughs> okay. But, um, okay. Well, uh, I'm, let's 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 head over to the observation lounge. I have a little bit of a, a little oh, bit. Oh, we of have trivia. a segment. Nice. Yes, we do. <laughs> we, we talked about this last week. Yes, we did. <laughs> do you remember what we talked about last week, dude? Yes, Rick. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so during their mind meld, Laon learned that Spock had a sister, which confused her since Spock's personnel files made no mention of a sister. This reference, of course, this reference is the fact that all the information of the USS Discovery and its crew and the events leading up to the battle near Zahia has been classified by Starfleet. The crew all wear specific round buttons that honor past starships 
they all have some connection to, although it, it's it's kind of tough to see all the pins. Uh, the co-writer of this episode in a in a recent uh, interview, David Perez, said that Ortega's was wearing a, a pin for the pal- Palenque, P-A-L-E-N-Q-U-E. Uh, he, said, he says, I remember that for sure. Yeah. I believe Chapels was the Farragut. Somebody was yeah, wearing was. the somebody was wearing the Yorktown, uh, and somebody was wearing the Congo. I think Spock might have been wearing the Congo because he isn't allowed to acknowledge that he lost his sister on Discovery. But Pike was wearing the Discovery pin because exactly. he was well, he was briefly in command of that ship. So he so could, do, but does anybody know about the discovery? Is the existence of the discovery? Yeah, they know that they, know they, they have to because it's just all that, the that shit all with hands the were lost. I mean, no, yeah. yeah, all hands were lost uh, in that battle. Yeah, yes. okay. The big I, battle I, at the I'm end, so the ship was destroyed, that, everybody like, was lost. And the uh, you know, right. and the existence of the spore drive is not a big is not widely known. <laughs> yeah, all it's right. it's classified technology and what exactly happened to it, that is what is kept under wraps, but yeah. its existence is not the secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they got the other crossfield class ships too, right? So yeah. Well, and, we're gonna when, see any... when Discovery got to Starfleet Command in in the thirty second century, they were like, "Our records show you disappear. You know, you were destroyed a thousand, you know, a thousand mm-hmm. years ago." Yeah, and yeah. Like, well, <laughs> about that. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, see that that make okay. This a whole other show. Anyway, <laughs> no, go ahead. What, what you got? Well, it's a thirty second century classified material becomes declassified after a while, unless they had some like really massive records losses uh, on the Federation because of the way it fractured. At that point, Admiral whatever his name is, Skinny Dude, um, should know that the discovery actually is going to be coming to them because well, things I, do become declassified. After well, they didn't, I, I mean, they, th- nobody it, knew for sure that it actually worked until they well, got it also, there. It also yeah, wasn't that's true. classified. It was purged. Mm. It wasn't locked up. It was delete every reference to the discovery past this point. And if anyone talks about it, we're sending them to tell us for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nami Malumad's uh, score for Strange New Worlds incorporates Nayes Rivera. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm terrible at pronouncing people's names, but anyway, uh, it incorporates a lot of TOS flavor, including drums and musical cues reminiscent of Arena, uh, the first mm-hmm. episode with the Gorn. Spot converts uh, navigation tech on the Enterprise to locate the Gorn ships. The sound effect is pretty much spot on the same as in the original series, specifically in Balance of Terror, meaning that Spock's modification of this episode may become standard procedure later on. Um, or he just remembered it and did it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unlike, that, unlike before, in the, before Sean uh, continues, speaking of that, does anyone f- did, did anyone else get the feeling like I did that um, with the way that Enterprise was able to take out that Gorn ship by dropping the torpedo, that was an example of them using three-dimensional thinking, which Spock then bring because he's the one that thinks up that, that tactic in The Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. by attacking from above rather than, than everyone being on a level plane like, like uh, Khan was approaching it as. Mm-hmm. Did anyone, anyone else see a parallel that it, it's, yeah. it's, it's another yeah. submarine battle and and spock mm-hmm. is there to use the z-axis 
I mm-hmm. did not, but you are right. Well, Spock's... Wasn't there, uh, sorry, wasn't Spock's... there an episode? Oh, go ahead. Of... Ah! I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, we keep doing this. Okay. Uh, wasn't there an episode of Voyager that she did that with three torpedoes, where she turned it and they dropped? I, I'm trying to think. It was it Voyager that that happened. There was another Star Trek episode where the, the they dropped the torpedoes instead of shooting them. Well, if anybody's gonna waste torpedoes, it's gonna be Janeway because she's got an endless supply. <laughs> <of them>. Boom! <laughs> got them. I'm pretty anyway. sure it was Voyager. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Voyager. Torpedoes and shuttles. They just had an endless supply. <laughs> and even in the Delta Quadrant, apparently it just oh, it's okay. <laughs> By the way, I wish my house was as big as Laan's quarters. Just saying. You say that every everybody, week about everybody's, everybody's quarters. quarters are massive on this ship, <laughs> except for the you know, except for the cadets that get the lower decks, get a little get a little bunk in the wall. <laughs> and still, the I mean, like the uh, even that 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 room that Uhura was having to share with a couple other guys, the room was still huge, even though you know their bed was just a bunk in the wall or whatever. They had this huge area to to live. The, the living area was huge yeah by the um, way if anyone hears about those flags becoming available i want one which flags okay. they had on the coffins at the end of the oh the, 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 the funeral flags okay those are sweet <laughs> morbid but sweet okay well, no they're they're you know it's they're the starfleet flag at the, it's yeah, more, yeah. More, no different from put, draping the american flag over over military caskets now yeah the flags would be good i'm definitely one of those guys that wants a a high-end not some cheap replica but but a high-end uh reproduction of the away team jackets from ghost of Illyria. yes we yeah we, we drew, we drew, drew last week. over those rick, last yeah rick oh, wants yeah. one <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately those, i have children so those jackets are fantastic they and are that, very that's nice. the sort of thing where I, I wish that Anovos was still like a reliable. Uh, Were they ever? I wish that Anovos was good, <laughs> and that they could actually make and per, and deliver on what they say they're going to give you. And see, my 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 uh, my cousin that sends cosplay, and she's been on the show before, uh, Christina. She could probably make that, but even with the discount that I would get from being family, the amount of time that she would have to put into oh, replicating yeah. that thing, it would still be way yeah. beyond my price. So are, are you telling me the... I can get, I can get um, an NX01 jumper? Somehow I'm not from, volunteering from... her for anything. <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> because unlike Rick, I don't have kids. <laughs> you just have radios. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've got to give all of start, all of the, the, the new Trek props for their costume work. Is, it's just amazing. They are just mm-hmm. really knocking it out of the park. I, I don't know who the costume designer is for Strange New Worlds, um, but did, uh, you, did you see the? Um, I'm just going with the lower decks. The um, the after show where they showed the um, they did a close up of the, I want to say maybe two or three weeks ago um, where they they showed the designs of uh, the different the different uniforms and uh, like the little inlay pattern for each yeah. different no, division um, is, is there's like there's a, a, the repeated symbol the, the deltas are uh, all everywhere mm-hmm. yeah. no it's well, not the delta not, not just the delta it's not the delta like, it's, no. it's 
It's oh, the, the, oh, it's like the mission the patch. Inside the, so, the insignia. It's the symbol. So, the, yeah. The, so, yeah. Yes, yes, I did see that. Yes, I did. Now that you're the there. command star, the, the, the operation spiral, and the sciences. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. that was really cool. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, repeating, repeating the Delta. That, that's that's what they did on the. Uh, yeah, because in the in the in the Kelvin JJ movies, they had the gold deltas in the outfits. It's really cool. The ready room was the name of the short Yeah. And they also had uh, pictures of it because it was I was eating up all of the the pre stuff and they um, I think it was either Mission Chicago or one of them where they put the the Strange New Worlds uh, costumes on display as an exhibit. And that was one thing that they they highlighted on that. I said, oh, that's really cool. And as someone who thinks that New Trek is completely over-designed to the point of being distracting, I think they strike a good balance of being evocative of TOS enough where I feel like it's an original series uniform, but it's just flashy enough to be so cool on my freaking TV. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. Yeah, All right. I, I was sad I, to I see really the old like uniforms the bridge, But it is busy as hell. Yeah, everything well, is busy. We'll talk about busy. I, yeah, I do, I do have to agree with Chris in that there's so much going on all the time that I feel like it makes me feel even older because now I feel like <sighs> no, it, no, I, too much I is too much stuff because it's because there's too much happening, or am I missing stuff because I'm like 30 years older than I was when I first started watching Trek and I could see everything that was happening in TNG? No, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't believe that for a second i think that you're used to seeing something with a simpler aesthetic on a really really sharp uh picture i have just done my first comprehensive um, tos rewatch on like hd and i have to pause all the time because i'm marveling at the level of detail that i'm able to see with those 60s props and i'm fascinated with everything in the background to the point where i have to rewind to remember to listen to the dialogue <laughs> so i think that you were in a sweet spot where you could sort of do both it wasn't so busy but it that you couldn't focus on it but you could also watch the show mm -hmm. now it's just like everything they do is just that this is what I, rick you saw me shaking my head about uh not liking the new enterprise i love the outside of it until mm -hmm. strange new worlds there's so much aztecing on the whole that it's just it's like a blotchy mess it's like mm. they gave the Enterprise acne. I, I, I don't understand what their their fascination with so much freaking texture. I like the texture. I don't know. I, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, I didn't like it originally in, you know, in the TMP refit. Um, it drove it drove me a little crazy. And also, also trying to build a model. There was like no way in hell I was going to try to paint all those little panels and stuff. People do, and they do a great job with them. Um, but over the you know over the past three decades, I've gotten used to it, and I I, I really like it. It looks more like uh, you know more like what a real spaceship would look like. Um, uh, that that you based on our current technology. I don't remember who it was that said it. It might have been. Doug Trimble or whatever, but I was listening. They were saying like the Enterprise was had that smooth hull, and they said, "Who knows? They might have grown that hull organically somehow." With Actually, the it was addressed. The um, you know, in during during as during the TMP, and everybody was like, "What the why?" And they said that the the the, the our Enterprise, the TOS Enterprise, had a a they called it a thermo coat over the ship but then they eventually decided to, to dispense with it um you know it was it was a it was a hand wavy explanation but that's yeah. why she was blue 
Although she was gray, and she's gray, just, just yeah, came out as blue in the, mm-hmm. when the, when the blue screen, movie. yeah, 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 and then it was purple for a minute. Mm. <laughs> All right, well, that's gonna do it for us for this week. Uh, make sure you check out our Patreon at patreon.com/slash infinite potato. We've got some movie commentaries on there that you might enjoy. We just released, uh, as a matter of fact, today I released our commentary of uh, The Last Man on Earth. Yeah, Sorry, we almost Vincent talked Price. about that film, too. Yeah, we almost talked about it, yes. Yeah, yeah we kind of got off subject <laughs> watching it. But Quite a bit, yes. You can watch it You can watch it with us. Yeah, at one point, I think we were talking about Jurassic Park. While, uh, <laughs> while the movie was it's not the most riveting movie. We'll say yeah. that. <laughs> but, uh, but you can watch it with us, and it's, uh, it's available on, on our website if you're a patron, and you can be a patron for as little as $3 a month, or you know you can, you can go up to $10 a month and get little perks uh, here and there as you go. So uh, in the meantime, if you want to contact this show and let us know what you thought about this week's episode, come check out the website at infinitepotato.com. And click on the link for that Star Trek podcast. You'll find our Facebook group, our Twitter page, our email, and more. And I want to thank everybody for being here today. Jen, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, as always, for having me here. And uh, John, why don't you let thank us know you. where we can find you, sir? Uh, you can hear me occasionally on this show and uh, Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. And, of course, my show, Captain Game Show the Trivia Wordplay Podcast of the Infinite Potato Alliance Network. Um, Chris, I know you're staying busy these days with a new Quantum Leap on its way. Yeah. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Uh, I am a host of the Quantum Leap Podcast. You can find us at quantumleappodcast.com. And I also want to plug our YouTube channel, which Albie has revitalized. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Albie is the creator of the podcast. He doesn't host it anymore, but you know he's still part and parcel of it and he's taken it upon himself these last um several weeks since the reboot was announced to put out fresh content on the youtube channel so that we now have a video component that we never did matt is doing my other co-host matt dale is doing um every two weeks just like a roundup of all of the new stuff that's uh that's that's come out uh regarding the reboot and um just other great stuff so i mean they have whole shows over there now that they're launching so you can get that at youtube.com slash the quantum leap podcast make sure to put the the in it but uh yeah exciting times to be a quantum leap fan all right that that made me want to ask chris real quick if anyone has considered trying to make a bid to become the official podcast of this new show i don't know how a person would do that but uh, there's not a whole lot of quantum leap shows out there and it's not like you guys are low profile let's put it this way um alby has a long relationship with deborah pratt and deborah's been on our show quite a few times if anyone was going to come up with that idea it might be her to champion it i i don't know what else you know where where that would go or who we'd appeal to plus the pressure then i'd have to be nice about every show even if i didn't (laughs) like it so (laughs) scott what about you where can we find you um occasionally on this show as well as on cosmic potatoes super fan talk podcast and every once in a great while on captain game show which i believe i did one a couple weeks ago i can't remember what i believe you're on the if not the last episode I released, the one before that. If you're, you're oh, on okay. a very recent episode. I believe it was two episodes ago. 
I, I couldn't quite remember if the one that I was on had been released. Um, but and mm -hmm. I'm not on there as much as I would like. This is what comes from working the night shift. Lucky me. Um, I still do have grand plans to start a new podcast of my own. Uh, it's taken me forever because I'm doing pretty much everything other than editing those episodes. <laughs> However, I am working on trying to come up with uh, some type of content that I will be able to generate this coming August when I attend the 56th year mission Las Vegas for the big Trek con going on down there. Uh, attending for the first time ever, I'll try to come up with something that I can bring back and uh, and provide for the show. Um, I don't imagine I'm going to get any celebrity interviews in that setting, but maybe I can talk to some cool folks. That actually reminds me. Um, awesome Con is in D.C. this mm -hmm. weekend. Um, nerd Geek Con wonderfulness. And um, Will Wheaton will be there. Um, and uh, Hugh and Stamets will also be there. Um, yes. So if uh, you guys want to... Uh, Send me any questions for them, real questions, please. Don't don't make. I'm not. I'm not going to embarrass myself. Yeah, tell us that was up. I will do. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also actually, uh, GalaxyCon Raleigh is coming up until at the end of July. Brent Spiner is going to be there. Terry Farrell is going to be there. Uh, shoot, the actor who plays Garrick. Andrew, Andrew Robinson. Robinson. Thank you, thank you. He's going to be there. <gasps> so I'd love to. Yeah. Magic City Con is coming be, up, and um, and Shatner is going to be there because Dog Shatner Bounty does Hunter's it every time. There. <laughs> and, Andrew yeah. Robinson is going to be in in Vegas. I'm hoping I get a chance to see him. I might have to arrange to get his autograph. I got nice. the I got the top tier uh, uh, admissions package for uh, for the Vegas convention. Uh, incredibly expensive, but it includes twelve to thirteen. He doesn't have kids either. Twelve to I, and and I have a credit card. Uh, it includes 12 to 13 autographs from uh, pre-selected celebrities. They they decide who the autographs are going to be from. Mm -hmm. But all those autographs are included in your ticket price. Um, they've named nine of them so far. And I am designing a poster that will have the faces of the actors as well as the character that they played mm -hmm. behind them for everyone that they are going to include in the gold level autograph bundle. So when, I will, does, when does this take place? Um, August, I think, 26th through the 28th. It's the the, the last weekend of August. Um, I'm going to bring two copies of the poster, one for me and one for um, my uh, long-distance partner who lives in Wisconsin. We're going to meet down there. Um, so she'll have a copy and I'll have a copy. And uh, this is step one in my plan for the celebrities to see this poster and be so impressed by it that they say, you should come and work for us. <laughs> There you go. Just Are you going to get autographs from Giancarlo Esposito or Haley Atwell? I can, I suppose. <laughs> I've, I've actually met Giancarlo. He is the most awesome dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, yeah. I, that, that, I mean, it's can not like give, DC is a small city, but I'm always give, uh, a little Hallie surprised. Atwell my the... phone number? <laughs> Rick, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? <laughs> <laughs> number one. Uh, well, Tampa Bay Comic Con, I'm going to that, and Gates McFadden's going to be there, uh, and so is Shatner. I would not even care. <laughs> um, although Gates, the, the photo op for Gates is sixty bucks, uh, and I'm toying with the idea of trying to come up with it. Um, but uh, everybody else is like Christa Christopher Eccleston is like one hundred and fifty. He's not cheap, no. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm probably not going to do any like celebrity photos, like photo shoots. But, no, yeah. but I'm definitely going to get might do, to sign I, I one could, of my things. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I, I could, I probably will buy uh, Still Just a Geek in, in like a physical form so you can sign it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, I, I think, I think, he, no, I don't think he's going to be at Tampa Bay. Uh, I'd have to check. You know, it changes all the time. Most of the, it, it is an actual Comic-Con. So most of the people there are comic book people or anime people mm -hmm. that I have no idea who they are. Um, <laughs> but uh, there, there was a also deal. That. There was a deal and and I was like, hey, hun, you want to go? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And so we're going to go. And, uh, you know, we, we, it'll be fun, I hope. <laughs> uh, otherwise uh you can find me on a lot of the shows here on the network occasionally uh i do a starbase 66 very infrequently infrequently these days um uh and open the iris where i think we're recording a new one tomorrow we got a little sidetracked by recent events um yeah so uh you can find me on cosmic potato and this this show and occasionally on captain game show and uh, you know uh anywhere else there where people aren't really paying much attention to what's going on in the storeroom <laughs> all right be sure to join us as we return next week to Crickets. discuss <laughs> the uh next new episode of strange new worlds which is titled spock amok <laughs> Until then, remember the best miracles are born from truth. <laughs> <laughs>